How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Yo, what's going on, y'all? Welcome in. Uh, I almost said double coverage, so you host the show. Welcome in, though, to this special LSU Super Regional pregame show. I'm your host, T-Bob Abear. We'll be taking you all the way up until 7.30 when uh, the official LSU pregame gets underway and then first pitch set for 8 o'clock tonight and what promises to be an incredible atmosphere, a great matchup of two teams that when you look at the numbers and when you get down to it are much more evenly pitted than one might think just on name recognition alone. Uh, This Coastal Carolina team, uh, to me, they kind of remind me of an onion. The more you learn about the more you read about them, you feel like you're peeling layers back and you find new and uh, more intimidating reasons to uh, to respect them and to understand that this is not an uneven matchup. Uh, in fact, last night on double coverage, uh, we we actually ended up to, we compared this series to the Greek and Persian wars of antiquity. And yes, that may be a bit of a reach. And yes, that is without a doubt a bit grandiose. I do find it pretty interesting as well in ancient times uh we always think about the greeks probably because of our western bias we always think about the greeks being the most powerful but persia back in the day during the time of darius right before xerxes persia was incredibly powerful the largest world power on the block way more wealthy than uh greece was way more troops than greece had just way more territory way more land than the greeks had and in a twist of fate, the two empires end up, uh, well, I don't even want to call Greece an empire because we're specifically talking about the Athenian city-state here. In a twist of fate, the two sides end up becoming aware of each other and, well, battle ensues. And in our analogy, when comparing it to this game, I think of LSU like that old Persian empire under Darius, right? Super powerful, very well known. Uh, when you and we'll we'll discuss LSU's super regional and NCAA postseason resume, but when you get down to it, uh, their history is second to none. So they have the absurd wealth, they have the absurd power. Where in this situation, Coastal Carolina, they're a bit like the Athenians, a small city state. Uh, they're a group of people that in, you know, Persia's minds and LSU's minds off the bat, you may think they're just a fly to be swatted away. And that's what makes the battle we're talking about. And this weekend series reminds me of the Battle of Marathon. That's what makes it so intriguing. And, well, there's a cautionary tale within this battle for the LSU Tigers and perhaps an inspirational one for the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. In the Battle of Marathon, you had the Persians and the Athenians line up against each other in the plain of Marathon, 26 miles north of Athens. It's a flat battlefield surrounded by hills and sea. It was actually deemed ideal for the Persian cavalry. Seeing the terrain and size of the Persian force, many of the Greek generals, the coast of Carolina, many of the Athenians, they hesitated. However, 
there was one Grecian general, Miltiades, probably saying that incorrectly, that made a call for boldness and convinced the other generals to attack. And despite the fact that the Athenians were outnumbered, and despite the fact that the terrain supposedly favored the Persians, the Athenians, well, they sprinted headlong into the Persian line at a dead run like madmen. Persia was taken aback in the ensuing combat. Although the center of the Greek line did start to thag, the flanks eventually overcame the Persians. And the first part of one of the most historic defeats in military history was in the books. And I said there were lessons to be learned. And I think if you're Coastal Carolina, you have to ask the question, can the Chanticleers attack LSU with the same reckless abandon that the Greeks brought to the Persians? We talked a lot about Coastal Carolina's bats, and that's maybe where you think of them like those well-armored Greek uh, hoplite warriors. They may not be big in number, but what they lack in quantity, they make up in quality. As far as the lesson for LSU here, I think it's obvious. Can the Tigers avoid the overconfidence that was Persia's greatest folly? Persia viewed the Athenians, like we said, as they fly to be swatted away. This was but the first time that Persia would be surprised by Greece. And eventually, farther down the road, uh, it would be Alexander out of Macedonia that would finally defeat the Persian Empire. So can LSU avoid that overconfidence? Only time will tell. We're right here on the edge of game time. But I believe that, like I said, this is a match. This is a worthy comparison, this comparison to wars of antiquity, because you have two sides that on the surface do not appear to be on equal footing, but a little further digging exposes this as fallacy. And when you look at Coastal Carolina, think about this for a second. Currently, right now, in the Super Regionals, of the six Super Regionals that have started so far, Miami was the only team to win, the only, excuse me, Miami was the only host team to win game one with South Carolina, Texas A&M, Texas Tech, Mississippi State, and Louisville all losing the initial game. And that's important because if you lose this first game, according to NCAA tournament history, the winner of the first game has an 80% chance to advance to Omaha. So you have Miami as the only host site uh, thus far to win their first game. However, they fall today, meaning that in all, right now, during these Super Regionals, the host teams are 1-7 thus far. Well, man, that means that these road teams are doing pretty good, right? They must have some pretty talented road teams amongst the bunch. Well, what if I told you that the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers RPI was the highest of any of the road teams, even beating teams like TCU and Florida State, beating some of these other big names? Because with an RPI of 11th, uh, of 11, excuse me, Coastal Carolina, well, they are better. And, and LSU's got an RPI 5, just for some perspective. When you look at how the two sides have performed against good opponents, you see that they're relatively equal as well. Coastal Carolina going 9-9 nine and nine against top 50 teams, where LSU went 14-12. and 12. Coastal goes 16-12 and 12 against top 100 teams, where LSU goes 23-15. and 15. And they both dominated teams that were outside the 100. New Coastal going 31-4 and, and LSU 22-4. and four. So we're set for a battle, man. And it's going to be fun. Now, if you're an LSU fan, you don't want the Athenians to win. It might feel weird not to cheer for what is painted as the uh, war for 
Western culture, you know, that's that's the war for world dominance. Who would establish the direction of the world? Today, though, we're the Persians. We are legion. There is numbers, power on our side. And I'll be excited to see if those numbers will come to bear in Alex's box tonight. It is going to be such an incredible atmosphere, man. Anybody who has attended a Saturday night football game at LSU knows how it works. Anybody who's really attended any big weekend nighttime uh, sporting event at LSU knows how crazy this place can be, can get. But when the stakes are as high as they are currently, a trip to Omaha, a chance to win a national championship, it ratchets it up to the next level. There's a buzz in this city right now. People are filling up the local taverns and watering holes. They're also getting ready to fill up the monument to college baseball that is Alex Box. And we'll see which side wants it more, which side can attempt to do, well, what they set out to do at the very beginning of the season, which side can finish the grueling fight to reach Omaha. Will it be LSU? as they've done so often in their history. Tonight will be LSU's 200th NCAA tourney game. That is incredible. They have the best winning percentage in tournament history at 719. That's a truly mind-blowing statistic. I, the 719 winning percentage in what is supposed to be a tournament where you, you know, should play the best that the country has to offer, that should not be possible. I guess that's what happens when you make 17 trips to Omaha in the last 30 years with six national titles. LSU's looking to make it 18 this weekend. Whereas Coastal Carolina is trying to do something that they've never done before. They've been to Super Regionals twice only to fall just short. Can Coastal Carolina make a statement in the box in the best stadium college baseball in the entire country? Can they do what is unprecedented in their school history and make the trip to Omaha? What do you think? Text 87870, call 504-260-1870. Like I said, we're going to be with you tonight until 730. Uh, We'll be looking at text, Twitter, and everything else. Uh, We got Chandler Rome coming up in about... 12 minutes at 5.30. We're going to talk to him and get his views on tonight's game. And then uh, next here on this special LSU baseball pregame, we will uh, take a look at the starting pitchers. Alex Lang running to the mound for the Tigers and Andrew Beckwith, the enigmatic pitcher for Coastal Carolina. I say enigmatic and I'll explain why next. The technique, the story, it's all a little crazy. This is uh, not double coverage. This is LSU pregame. So like I said, text, call. It's going to be a ton of fun looking at starting pitchers next here on WWL, AM, FM, and .com. Yo, what's going on, y'all? Welcome back to this Road to Omaha Super Regional pregame show. The LSU Tigers preparing to take on the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Game one tonight, game two tomorrow, game three if necessary on Monday with the winner stamping their ticket to the final leg of this NCAA college baseball tournament. Uh, We also got one of the largest, one of the biggest soccer games in U.S. history coming up here in about 30 minutes. The USA will be facing off against Paraguay in the Copa America tournament. It is, for all intents and purposes, a knockout game. Although this is still the group stage, 
if the U.S. can get a win or a tie, so basically they just need a result, uh, they will move through into the quarterfinals, into the knockout rounds. And, you know, they'll probably have to face off against Brazil. However, once you're in those knockout rounds, anything can happen. You don't have to be consistently better than a team. You just have to be better that day. It's a lot to ask, but we'll update you on the U.S. men's national team and the Copa America as it develops. We'll also talk a little Euro Cup later in the show as uh, England took to the pitch today, tied 1-1. But maybe the bigger story, especially for how we talked about the Euro Cup last night, was some of the surrounding drama of the Euro Cup as a uh, pretty intense brawl breaks out between some English fans and Russian fans about an hour before kickoff led to multiple arrests. Uh, at least one fan is currently in critical condition. And it's a bit of a depressing start to a tournament that yesterday we kind of asked the question, you know, the the, uni- the unifying effect that sports can have with Europe as divided as it is much like the lot of the world right now uh, but with Europe as vital as is we were wondering if this was potentially a way to bring people together once again to unite over a common interest and thus far uh, looks like it's uh, well causing problems of its own so we'll talk a little Euro Cup update you on right now on our road to Omaha show let's take a look at the starting pitching for tonight uh, Alex Lang, of course, will take the mound for the Tigers. Uh, 3.66 ERA, 111 strikeouts, I believe, on the year. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Welcome back to this Road to Omaha, LSU Coastal Carolina pregame edition. What's up, y'all? Welcome back again to this uh, Road to Omaha pregame edition, LSU Coastal Carolina. We're having some continued technical difficulties. We're going to uh, continue to try to get that. We will have them ironed out i should say as soon as possible until then we will do the best that we can uh we're calling up chandler rome covers lsu baseball for the advocate we'll get his take on today's game and i feel like this is the third time i've done this segment because it is the third time i've done this segment on my end um so there we have chandler all right we'll welcome in chandler rome at Chandler Rome on Twitter, covers LSU baseball for the advocate. Good friend of the show. Chandler, what's up, man? Uh, thanks for joining us. What's up, T-Bob? I'm watching the bomb sniffing doll go through the press box as lightning strikes in the box. So no. it's going to be one of those nights, I guess. No weather. Now, it should be said that uh, Carl Arredondo, our uh, Channel 4 WWL weatherman, says that as the sun goes down, the chance of rain should go down a lot. So we're continuing to keep our fingers crossed uh Chandler when you look at this matchup with Coastal Carolina today we're, we're kind of been painted all week as even though the name recognition there appears to be a pretty big gulf when you look at the talent of the two teams uh there is not a gulf these are two teams that appear to be on equal footing uh would you agree with that oh yeah and I, and I think both uh both coaches actually said that you know, Gary Gilmore, even though his offense has hit 91 home runs, he compared his offense to LSU's. Uh, he thinks LSU's lineup is, is pretty much just like Coastal Carolina's. And, you know, LSU doesn't have the power. We've talked about that. They've only hit 45 home runs this year. They only have one guy that's hit in double digits, and that's Greg Dykeman. But, 
And if they're in the same vein, you know, speed, they're going to be speedy. They're going to get on the bases. They're going to try to steal bases. They're going to be aggressive. Palmineri likes to bunt, likes to hit and run, likes to put pressure on you. Well, Coastal Carolina is going to do a lot of the same things. I'm not sure they're going to hit and run as much as Palmineri likes to, but when they get on base, they will put pressure on you. And as far as tonight's matchup, you know, I think that one, one spot where I think LSU can exploit Coastal Carolina tonight is Coastal Carolina starters Andrew Beckwith. And as we've talked about a lot, he's a guy that he pitches from a lot of different arm angles. So he'll throw kind of a submarine sidearm for a couple pitches and then go back to throwing overhand. It's a really difficult thing for the hitters to pick up, especially for the right-handed hitters in LSU's order. Um, it's going to be difficult for them to, because he is right-handed. It's going to be difficult for them to pick up that submarine style. But when he switches uh, between even mid at bat, that can be very difficult to pick up. He's 12 and one with a 1.86 ERA, so something must be working for him. But the one place where LSU can exploit him tonight, he's not a strikeout pitcher. He's only got 59 strikeouts in 89 innings. He thrives on ground balls. He thrives on weak contact. So LSU is speedy enough to where if they put the ball on the ground and it finds a hole or it's deep in the hole, it's short, they're speedy enough to beat those out, get some infield singles, and then that's going to make Beckwith pitch a little bit differently. You pitch differently anytime anybody's on base. So I think if LSU can, you know, they, I don't think they want to keep hitting the ball on the ground. They want to hit line drives. They want to get the ball to the outfield a little bit. But if that, they're going to take, if they're going to take what Beckwith gives them and hit some ground balls, things like that, they have the speed to put pressure on Coastal Carolina, a Coastal Carolina team that hasn't played in a venue like this where 12,000 people are going to be screaming. You know, they haven't played, they really hadn't seen a venue like this in a little while. So the pressure is going to be on their defense to make sure that they can, uh, that they can feel cleanly behind their ace and that they can throw this speedy LSU bunch out. Yeah, and uh, Chandler, one of the matchups that I am just remain so excited for uh, ever since the, appearie of the, uh, the appearance of the rally possum, uh, if you look at LSU's run differential in the last three innings of the games, it's something crazy. It's like plus 20. Uh, whatever, it's approximately like 20 plus 24 since the appearance of the possum. However, if they're losing to Coastal Carolina late in the game, Mike Morrison, All-American closer, 0.79 ERA, 10 saves on the season. When you have two strengths going head-to-head like that, uh, how do you see that matchup playing out? Well, I don't see it playing out very well for LSU because the way Mike Morrison pitches, he's a guy, he throws two different kinds of breaking balls. He throws an overhand breaking ball, and I think he spikes it too. And LSU, they, they faced Glenn Otto last week from Rice, who was, who was Rice's closer that they threw for about 100 pitches uh, in the span when LSU played him. And that was his M.O. too. He was a breaking ball heavy guy, and LSU struggled with him a lot. So Mike Morrison, you know, I, I would assume he's better than Glenn Otto, just given his numbers, given the prestige he has coming in, coming in and things like that. So that could be a matchup that, that, that doesn't favor LSU if he goes real breaking ball heavy because they LSU did not hit Glenn Otto very well last week at all, and that's all he was doing. He was looping in breaking balls, and LSU couldn't catch up with him. But yeah. You, you you alluded to it a little bit though this whole rat this whole rally possum thing when they get into the seventh and eighth inning I mean the, the one thing about this LSU team that you've seen since the Arkansas series where all that went down is you know this team is never out of it I mean and and they don't believe yeah. they're ever out of it I mean it, it looked about as dire as it could look uh, last Tuesday when they were getting one hit by a guy with a six ERA going into the sixth <laughs> inning and I mean it, it was about as dire as it could get and I mean. 
you could tell they were a little tense and they were a little tight, but they never gave in, never gave bats away. They played hard the whole time. And this team, they never think they're out of it. And and that and that in confidence and hope is one of the biggest things you can have in this game. And LSU's got an abundance of both of them. I'm talking to Chandler Rome at Chandler underscore Rome on Twitter. Uh, covers LSU baseball for the Advocate. And Chandler, a lot of people when discussing the Coast Carolina game uh, this weekend because it is a super regional matchup. Stony Brook comes up in the convo. Do you think that like in any way is that losing to Stony Brook a few years ago is that actually does that help LSU? Does that work to their advantage, or has it been so long that you just think it's really a wash? I mean, I don't know. I mean, none of these guys were on that team. Obviously, they watched what happened, and I mean that 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 Stony Brook team. I'll still everyone always gives me a lot of grief because I'll say that Stony Brook team played the best series I've ever seen a college baseball team play in person. And I mean, they went and obviously they fell on their face in Omaha. They didn't do very well. But, I mean, that team, Travis Jankowski, who was in center field, is now the Padres' starting right fielder. I mean, oh, they wow. had, like, seven guys drafted. I mean, that team was legit. And then this Coastal Carolina team is also legit. But I think, you know, th- this LSU team, is, is not they're not going to have to worry about that. This LSU team's lost to McNeese already this year. They've lost to Tulane twice. Yeah, They've lost true. to Lamar. I mean, this team's already gotten – gotten their let's lose to the no-name team that everybody think we sh- everybody thinks we should beat. I mean, they've done that four times over this year. They've lost to teams that they had no business losing to. And I'm not saying LSU has no business losing to Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina is obviously a cut above in- any of those teams I just mentioned. But that helps. I mean, it helps when you know LSU's gone in the game thinking we can walk over this team, and they've gotten walked over. So LSU's been in this position before, and they've you know, they've fallen on their face. Maybe that is what they need to sort of turn the tide, turn the corner and say, you know, we can't go into this Coastal even though you shouldn't because it's a super regional, but we can't go into this Coastal Carolina ser- series like we did against McNeese where they shut us out 7 to nothing. can't do the same thing like we did with Tulane, Lamar, things like that. Chandler, uh, what do you think about Alex Lang? How, how do you think he'll respond to the to the Saturday night environment? Like you said, 12,000 people, going to be no sun. Uh, it's going to be electric in that stadium. Uh, how do you expect him to throw? I mean, he rises up, man. I mean, Alex Lang, that's why he's the ace. He, he rises up and he pitches in LSU's biggest situations. And I mean... It, just judging by his last few starts, he's going to pitch brilliantly because he really hasn't. He's been flawless, really, in his last few starts. I know at in the SEC tournament against Florida, he gave up two runs in the first inning, and then after that, he was brilliant. I mean, that is the one thing though with Alex you kind of worry about is in his it, all year, even when he kind of struggled at the beginning of the year, and now that he's turned it on, he's had early inning struggles. He's yep. given up. Uh, he's given up a, a hit or two in the first inning. Spotted the other team a run, and he kind of gets going as the game goes on. Gets further into a rhythm. I don't think LSU can afford that tonight, honestly, because I mean this Coastal Carolina team. If you give up a few hits, they're bound to get out of the park. I mean, you can't let a hot hitting team, a team that's going to come in, you know. I mean, this Coastal Carolina team is confident, obviously. They just went and won a regional at uh, Raleigh. You can't let them get any more confident, and you can't take this crowd out of it. I mean, the crowd's going to be buzzing. They're going to be going crazy when Alex Lang fires the first pitch. You don't want to quiet them. You don't want to take them out of the game early. So I think Alex needs to come out and, you know, do what he does in the later innings, do it throughout the whole game. And I, he did it against Rice. He was great from the first pitch till his final one, and I – 
you know, you would think that that's going to carry over. But the way Alex is going to have to pitch tonight, he's going to have to pitch backward. Uh, I kind of wrote about it a little bit today. He's going to rely on the changeup and the curveball early in the count because this team is aggressive. They're free swinging and they're going to swing early in the count. So he's going to want huh. to go. He's going to want. He's going to want to go changeup, curveball early in the count. Maybe get some swing and misses. Give him some off-speed stuff to look at. Then come fastball later in the count. That's what you know. Pitchers kind of affectionately call pitching backwards because conventional wisdom, you start him with a fastball and then you bring your off-speed stuff to kind of put him away. Alex Lane's going to have to do the opposite tonight because this team, you know, they're not afraid to swing. They're not afraid to swing at any point in the count. They'll hop on a first pitch, and Alex Lane has to be ready from the first pitch of every at bat. He's got to be on his game. He's got to be on his toes, and I think he will be. Uh, Chandler, when you look at the uh, when you look at LSU from a hitting perspective, when you look at LSU's lineup uh, last weekend, Greg Dykeman had the incredible series. Uh, Kramer Robinson with some very timely and impressive hitting as well. Uh, is there a guy that you've zeroed in on as uh, kind of an X factor uh, for this weekend in LSU's lineup? I think I think you know you look at last weekend. Antoine Duplantis only had one hit in the regional. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he's your leadoff hitter. I mean, he's your leadoff hitter. I mean, he's a true freshman. He's been everything LSU's ever wanted and more in that leadoff spot, but he struggled last weekend. If he can get going and, you know, Jake Fraley and Kramer Robertson behind them remain very hot, and I assume Greg Dykeman will kind of stay in that five hole. If Antoine Duplantis at the top of that order can just do what he did all season. I mean, we're not – I mean, you're not asking him to hit home runs. You're not asking him to do anything he's not capable of, you know, just – Live good at bats, get on base, hit the ball a little bit more than he did in the regional. Then that strings the that strings at bats together. We've always talked about this offense. They're like we talked about. They're not a power offense. You're not going to get three runs with one swing of the bat. You're going to have to you're going to have to pass the baton, if you will. You know, string good at bats together, and it starts at the top of the lineup. It starts with Antoine Duplantis. So I think he needs to. Have a, I'm not saying he's got to go crazy and hit 600 like Greg Dykeman did in the uh, in the in the regional, but he just has to be normal. I mean, just just be, do what he did all season, do what he did in the SEC tournament, and he should be fine. And then I think they need to get the Jordan twins going too. One of the one of the two two yeah. of them would be great, but I mean, just one or two, one of the two Jordan twins because both of them were a little bit you know quiet in the in the regional. So those three really need to uh, those three. One of them needs to kind of step up, have a little bit better showing than he did in the regional. But if Greg Dykeman continues his power stroke, and then. Jake Fraley and Kramer Robertson, if they just keep doing what they've been doing, this offense will be just fine. Wrapping up here with Chandler Rome at Chandler underscore Rome on Twitter covers LSU baseball for the advocate in Ben Rouge. And uh, Chandler, what's your prediction for tonight's game? Tonight, uh, I think LSU wins off of Alex Lang. I think Alex Lang is in such a groove right now that I, I don't, I think Coastal Carolina will hit the ball off of him. I don't think they'll hit four or five home runs off of him. I don't think Alex Lang is going to shut this team out. I do think, though, that he'll be able to minimize damage. He makes pitches when he needs to. You know, you never see innings snowball on Alex Lang. He'll give up a hit or two yeah. here or there. He'll give up two straight hits, but that's really about his max. I mean, he rises up, pitches when guys are on base very well. He needs to hold runners well, too. That's another thing. I mean, we talked about it at the top of this segment about the speed on both teams. Alex Lang's going to have to hold runners really well tonight so they don't try to steal and get in scoring position and things like that. But I think Alex Lang pitches a gem tonight, and I think LSU's got a good chance against Beckwith. Like we mentioned, this, this is a team that 
if he if they hit the ground balls like Beckwith wants them to hit, if they can turn them in the line drives, and if they can even hit the ground ball, if their speed is good enough to where they can beat him out on the infield. And I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on him, and the, the pulmonary is going to pepper in the hit and run. So I like LSU tonight. However, I do think the Super Regional goes three games. Oh, there you go. Chandler Rome at Chandler underscore Rome. Follow his work on The Advocate on Twitter throughout the weekend. Uh, Chandler, thanks so much for joining us tonight. All right. Thanks, T-Bob. All right. I'll see you at the ballpark in a little bit. Uh, should we go to break and come back? All right, dude. Let's go, go ahead and go to break, and then we'll come back and we'll wrap up our number one. Fingers crossed we have got our technical difficulties taken care of. Uh, coming up next year, though, on the Road to Omaha pregame show, uh, you've heard about the LSU rally possum, but have you heard about the totem that Coastal Carolina, that the Chanticleers are bringing to bear? Get the story next. Yo, let's jump straight to the phone line. Drop against the clock. Yo, let's go to Rick on line one. Rick, what's up, man? Man, I really loved your analogy with that uh, with that creek and. Uh, oh, thank you. Yes, the Battle of Marathon taking place in the box tonight. There's a lot of history going on there. Uh, and I'd like to uh, tell you, uh, the Belmont was won by Creator. Yes, yeah, so I just saw this on Twitter. Creator won the 148th Belmont Stakes by a nose. Do you? Yeah. Do you uh, you, you like those uh, 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 antiquities? Uh, but not antiquities, but, I mean, uh, those old things. Oh, what the hell? Some of the, well, here, Rick, well, uh, we're, we're up against the clock anyway, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. But thank you for the kind words, my friend. <laughs> Rick kind of fell apart there a bit at the end. It will be interesting to see if Andrew Beckwith, the starting pitcher for Coastal Carolina, if he falls apart in front of the pressure that he'll be under tonight. Uh, before the break there, I mentioned how LSU has the rally possum. We know all about it. Since the possum's appearance, LSU is 16-3. and three. Uh, I believe they're like six and one in run one game, one run games. The last three innings of games, they have become dominant. Well, Coastal Carolina is bringing a mascot to bear of its own. Uh, much like LSU, after getting swept by Georgia Tech, so you know a low part point in the season. On the way home, the pitching coach thought that they needed something to bond over. They needed something to get a little juice back to get them going. Once again, and that's when they decided randomly at a truck stop to buy Rafiki the Rally Monkey. Rafiki, uh, ever since his appearance, is 16 and 2. The Rally Possum, since his appearance, is 16 and 3. Which totem will reign supreme? We're going to find out tonight. Who do you think is better? Text 87870, call 504 260 Got an hour and a half left here on the road to Omaha on WWLAMFN.com. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet? Internet during peak hours. Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 